0: welcome to my love life podcast episode number 67 dangerous people it's october 10th 2022 i'm your host lisa a lundy author blogger youtuber motivational speaker podcaster i'm also a member of the newsweek expert forum what i do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Dangerous people, oh my heavens. Well, this is not exactly a fun topic. However, it is very important because there's lots of dangerous people out in the world. And believe it or not, I'm very well acquainted and educated on the topic of dangerous people. I know, lucky me. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're falsely accused of a felony crime of which there was, you know, that didn't go anywhere, you know a little bit about dangerous people and yes that did happen i was falsely accused of a felony crime so what we're going to do today is talk about uh, dangerous people and i'm going to give you the great news because there is good news there's always good news and something of value so what's entirely possible for you is it's possible for you to have an amazing and great life even if you have a dangerous person in your life, or even if you have plural, dangerous people in your life. So it does take something. I will, I will grant you that. But let's get going. So what am I going to cover today? Well, I'm going to talk about kind of the lay of the land with dangerous people. I'm going to address how common it is, why they're dangerous, mention or talk about the question, why is this happening to you or why did this happen to you? I'm going to briefly touch on law enforcement. I'm going to talk about how they will bait you and not to take the bait, feeling trapped, dealing with your fears, depression, anxiety. I'm going to give you some ideas of what your best weapons are against dangerous people. I'm going to talk to you about counterbalancing the negativity and trauma when you have a dangerous person in your life. I'm gonna wrap up with some suggestions before I give you my takeaway and some, a call to action. All right, that's where we're going today. If you happen to be new to my content, well, I certainly hope you're, you're gonna visit my website because I am like the hugest fan of giveaways. I have a current one that's called Look Look, I Want a Book, and there's gonna be a new one as soon as my IT guy puts it on the website, which is a gluten free and allergy free cookbook giveaway. So I love giveaways, they're very fun, really. And I like doing things that are fun, and currently, you know, it's a fun thing to do. So I've kept keep I'm keep doing it. All right. <clears throat> and that's ww.leisaalundy.com. Now. My next piece is very important, and it is my disclaimer. I am not a medical health professional. I am not a therapist in any capacity, and you should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider or a licensed therapist. That's that. I am not that. Don't try to pretend to be that. Don't represent myself as being that, and you should just know that. Now, <clears throat> If you're listening to this podcast and you happen to be feeling really hopeless, suicidal, or you're thinking about harming yourself in any way, what I'm asking you to do is stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. What I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people. You can post on social media. I, I promise you if you're feeling that way people will help you there is help available it just might not be from the people who you wanted to help you but take the help okay so now we're going to kind of briefly give you a little overview on dangerous people so the dangers represented by dangerous people can be either physical danger emotional danger financial Or your well-being in some capacity and you're probably familiar with the term like psychopath or sociopath or narcissist and those are definitely people who can be a little dangerous or very dangerous they're not all dangerous but they certainly have that capacity any person who is abusive of any kind clearly has the potential to be very dangerous. Now if you go on the internet you can find comparison charts of all kinds comparing the characteristics between a psychopath, a sociopath, and a and a narcissist. But this is not a podcast for therapists, although therapists listen to my podcast. This is the laypersons empowerment podcast. So We're not going to go through the charts and compare because you as a lay person don't need to know all that. But I do want to highlight the overlap in traits or characteristics between psychopaths, sociopaths, and narcissists. Because I think that would be helpful to regular folk. So, number one, they have no empathy. That's a common trait across all three. No, No conscience. They don't have a conscience. No remorse. They tend to be egocentric. They are manipulative. They have a, a trait called what's called grandiosity. And what that really means is that it means that they believe that they're like special and somehow better than other people. So those are some of the characteristics that cross all three, psychopaths, sociopaths, and narcissists. And they can absolutely be very dangerous. Now there are other people who might not fall into the psychopath, sociopath, narcissist who could be dangerous and some of those people are people who have addictions. So someone who has a drug addiction can be dangerous for physical reasons and and dangerous for financial reasons and there are certain people who have other addictions that can also be dangerous. That doesn't mean that every single person who has an addiction is dangerous but they can be dangerous. And some people who have certain mental health disorders can also be dangerous. Then there's this category I call, I call them brittle people. I'm not sure what 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 else you would call them. They're not necessarily psychopath, although they might be uh, not necessarily a sociopath or maybe not even a narcissist, but <clears throat> I'm going to describe to you now, this is, not a, this is not like some accepted term. This is, uh, you know, I, I, I think I saw somebody else somewhere called people brittle. So, I don't know how common it is. But, so here's my rendition or my list for what classifies as a brittle person. So, number one, they're going to have low self-esteem. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody who has low self-esteem is a brittle person. No, 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 I'm not saying that because... 85 something like 85 percent of the population has low self-esteem they're not all brittle but having low self-esteem is one of the many characteristics. Another is they have irrational thinking or cognitive distortion and that might be in the form of they're an emotional reasoner or they engage in I'm always right or black and white thinking. Now cognitive distortions are also very common and so it if someone has a cognitive distortion that doesn't mean they're brittle either now <clears throat> brittle people are easily offended of course a lot of people are easily offended but, um, they are often low functioning but not always they are often judgmental opinionated righteous and selfish although they may not openly display that so that might not be something that is readily apparent to you They are closed-minded. They have low emotional abilities uh, that you, again, might not notice or see, and especially if they're an emotional reasoner. Emotional reasoners, that's a cognitive distortion where people use emotions to reason instead of facts. So they have a, people who are emotional reasoners will tell you, oh, I'm really good with my emotions. No, they have a cognitive distortion where they use their emotions as if they're facts, and that's not rational. So... Anyway, moving on. Um, Brittle people are often jealous of others and often will engage in backstabbing, two-faced, and gossiping. So that's kind of my overview to uh, what a brittle person is like and they may slide into being a psychopath or a narcissist. But anyway, so those are kind of like general ideas. Now, Some people are actually uh, a wolf or, or very dangerous in sheep's clothing. So they're walking around in life and people are not aware that they're dangerous. And the example for that I have is Bernie Madoff. If you're not familiar with Bernie Madoff, over 20 years or more than two decades, Bernie Madoff conned 37,000 people in 136 countries out of 65 billion dollars. Now some people, as a result of losing their entire life savings, committed suicide. So you can't look at someone or their status in life or their position or their you know their lifestyle or even you know certain personality characteristics characteristics and know if they're dangerous because someone could be a very meek housewife and have threatened her husband or intimate partner with a false allegation or or the threat of a false allegation if they don't toe the line. So you can't necessarily look at a person and know if they're dangerous. This is where you kind of look at a body of evidence. I mean, it's the same thing Is you can't look at a human being and know if they have all the nutrition in their body that they're supposed to because that would take blood testing. And by the way, it would take <clears throat> complex blood testing that's out of network and not usually covered by insurance. I know a lot about that. And I also know someone could look like and <clears throat> be a triathlon athlete. And until you test their blood, you won't know if they're really missing anything or not. You can't tell by someone's appearance. And likewise, sometimes someone who's a full-blown psychopath or sociopath or really dangerous person may come across as very meek or mild or, you know, bashful or so you can't tell by looking at someone or by their outward appearance. Next, I want you to get a sense for how common dangerous people are because we're really not talking about this and I of course I think we should because I think we should be talking about a lot of things as evidenced by my podcast so one in four women so 25% one in four women will experience severe physical violence from an intimate partner well we would definitely say that's dangerous so 25% of the Female population is going to experience a dangerous person that results in physical harm. And for men, it's one in seven men who will experience severe physical violence from an intimate partner. That's pretty common. One in four and one in seven. According to a CNBC, April 2019 uh, Mm -hmm. article, one in five business leaders are psychopaths. That's one in five. 20%. Are, of business leaders are psychopaths. And according to some research, 15% of the population are sociopaths. So, and and another report has the population. 30% of the population has some either low, medium or high levels of what's called psychopathy. That's a that's not good. So, beyond the the me, the numbers of men and women That we know statistically will experience physical violence from an intimate partner. There are untold millions and millions and millions of people who are experiencing or have experienced emotional abuse at the hands of someone which can be devastating and the abusers can be dangerous. So I hope you're getting the sense of the commonality of this. Like we are not talking about this, but there's a lot of dangerous people. Now, if you're prone to paranoia, let me just interrupt here and say, you've got to get a grip, okay? Because you can't live your life in fear. So if you tend to be overly fearful or tend towards paranoia, we're going to have to get ahead of that. But for the rest of you people, are not who don't thrown to being paranoid or over, overly worrying, um, it's just very common. And what would be cause a breakthrough would be for us to really start distinguishing this and really start having everyday conversations. But anyway, so it's very common. Why are these people dangerous? Well, I have some examples of the things that they can do or the things that they might do which make them dangerous. So, number one. They might make threats and or use intimidation tactics. They're dangerous because in uh, domestic abuse or domestic violence, economic abuse is used like 94 to 95, 99% of the time. So it's it's predictable that they might use economic abuse. They're dangerous because they might, might engage in physical and or electronic stalking. They're dangerous because they might try to steal your money and property or might or would if they could. They are dangerous because they might lie. Uh, they are dangerous because they might slander you and try to ruin your reputation. They are dangerous because they they might try to ruin your relationships with other people who you love. Um, they're dangerous because they're not mentally well. Even if they're highly functional, even if they're a high level business leader, um, they're also dangerous because they might use isolation tactics to keep your family and friends away from you. They are dangerous because they might threaten to kill you or kill people you love or threaten to kill themselves, which is a form of high manipulation and definitely not a sign of wellness. They are dangerous because they will criticize every little thing you do and to make themselves feel better and to keep you down. They are dangerous because they're not rational. It's not rational, healthy, normal behavior. And they're dangerous because they might do mean and cruel things to you and then deny that they were being mean or cruel, which is kind of like gaslighting. But anyway, so there's a lot of territory there as far as why they're dangerous. Now, when someone has a dangerous person, which is sometimes plural, sometimes it's dangerous people because sometimes birds of a feather flock together and you end up in a dangerous environment with multiple dangerous people. But anyway, one of the questions that frequently comes up is why is this happening to me? Or why did this happen to me if it's past tense? Well, that's a reasonable question and there's nothing wrong with that question. I mean, there's just nothing wrong with it. But regardless, my suggestion is that as you consider that, you bring an empowering context to the situation. So if you're going to hold the view that you're the victim, that's not powerful. It's not powerful for you. It doesn't give you traction. It's not going to make you feel good. So you might consider taking back your power and creating an empowering context for having a dangerous person in your life, past or present. So one way to do that is to take advantage of post-traumatic growth. Now, Before I knew of the term post-traumatic growth, which is a great term, I used to call it using emotional pain to your advantage. Because if you have someone dangerous in your life, let's face it, that is like majorly painful. It's scary. It's a lot of things I'm going to talk about. But it's, it's, it's not a great thing. So... Before I knew about the term post traumatic growth, I called it using pain to your advantage. Now I know there's a, a psychology term called post traumatic growth, and this is what it means. It means you take something bad, a loss, it could be bereavement, it could be a life challenge, it could be a series of life challenges. I mean, it could be unrelated to a dangerous person. Uh, and you use that situation, event, person, etc to become a better version of yourself and to have life be richer and more rewarding. So there's there would be an empowering context if you have a dangerous person or people in your life to use post-traumatic growth to, growth to say to yourself, oh, yeah, this is scary, this is not good, there's nothing good about it, but you know what? I'm gonna take advantage of post-traumatic growth and I'm gonna use this horrible situation to become a better version of myself, to learn and to grow. Now, as opposed to asking the question, the topic we're on is why is is this happening to me or why did this happen to me? You know, to create an empowering context, if you didn't want to use post-traumatic growth, another alternative is what's called in the medical research, they call it religious coping. I know, I didn't know religion could be a coping mechanism until 2018. I mean, who knew? So, and in the medical research, by the way, religious coping uh, really comes out like the boss. So in the context of, of why is this happening to me or why did this happen to me, if you used religious coping, then you could look at it as an opportunity to grow and develop. And the Bible makes lots of references to growth and development. Men, as do other religions and you could use it as a way to polish your virtues which is highly you know valuable and to look inward and to become self-aware like for for my own life since you already know i know a lot about dangerous people you know i used the opportunity of having a very dangerous bad person in my life oh i've had lots of bad people in my life uh to look inward and to recognize that I was too trusting. Well, that's a great thing to learn. No, I mean, it's not a great thing to learn. It's not. It's not a great trait to have. You have to. You have to temper that. So, I, so I learned that. Like, wow, aha. And I learned I was a people pleaser and like the perfect target for a predator. And those were all things that I could then make a difference with. The things you're not aware of about yourself, you don't have power over. When you learn about yourself and you grow and develop, you then take dominion and power. You have self-mastery that they don't have the same hold on you. So in asking the question, why me? You can look at your own behaviors. You can look at the way you're organized as a person and see how your actions came into play. Now, I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying you should take the blame or be the fall guy if you have a dangerous or bad person in your life, no, 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 I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is what of your behaviors or what of your personality or what of your actions, you know, kind of were part and party to what happened, you know, and I already just gave you some examples, me being, uh, too trusting, people pleaser, you know, and I really believe people are good people. Well, clearly I've learned people, some people are very bad, like really, really bad. So what could you learn about yourself? And you really, when you have a dangerous person or people in your life, it's really, really powerful to create an empowering context for this happening whether you choose post-traumatic growth or whether religious coping or some other context, it's just going to be more valuable than the why me or going down the pity me road. All right. So next I want to mention, and this really is like a blip mention, law enforcement. Now law enforcement will be either not helpful, a little helpful or very helpful depending on if you go, visit law enforcement, or if you have uh, connections, you know, and it might be valuable for you to go see law enforcement. I don't know what circumstances you have, so I can't weigh in on that or make a recommendation that you should or you shouldn't. But law enforcement does have some danger assessment tools that they can use. Usually they're in the form of a questionnaire that can help the police help you assess the danger you're in and they might have some really good recommendations and they may not be helpful. Now, I will say, you know, law enforcement is a dangerous career and they're often, you know, law enforcement officers are often fall victim or die in uh, dealing with domestic abuse. So they know a lot about uh, dangerous people and situations, how helpful they'll be depends on who you get. Like, you know, I don't know, but I wouldn't rule it out. So I'm not recommending it. I'm not, not recommending it. I'm saying it's an option. You should consider it. And if it's appropriate of which I don't know, then go do it. I know I found great value in that. And that's how I know about the danger assessment tool, by the way. So, all right. So the next thing I have is a little caveat or a little warning for you. If you have a dangerous person in your life or people, so they, in my opinion, they will try to bait you. They will try to bait you to do something bad, in my opinion, in my experience. And I'm telling you, don't take the bait. So that could come in the form of trying to get you to agree to cheat on the taxes or do something else that's not above board or not legal. Whatever it is, Don't take the bait because they'll try to take you down with them. And and it could be, I mean, I know one very dangerous person and they admitted shockingly that they were cruel and cold and callous to their wife to provoke the wife to have an affair, which the wife, by the way, did. So then the wife looked like the bad guy. So sometimes they will bait you so that you look bad. I want you to just be aware and have a heightened awareness and don't take the bait. Just be very careful and always take the high road. All right, now, feeling trapped. Well, if you have a dangerous person or people in your life, it is extremely likely that you're going to feel trapped. And some people are literally trapped. I mean, they are li- literally trapped by their circumstances. Sometimes they're trapped because they've gotten, you know, the economic abuse is in full swing. Sometimes they are trapped because they've had a child with a dangerous person. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why someone might actually, well, well, feel trapped, but they, there are reasons why they might actually be trapped. Here is the good news. If you feel trapped or you are trapped, the good news is this has been happening since the beginning of time. And the other really great news is people have escaped it since the beginning of time. So there is light at the end of the tunnel if you have a dangerous person in your life and you are feeling trapped or you are literally trapped. You can make a plan over time and you can have this amazing, brilliant future down the road. It's just going to take some actions. It's going to take something. I'm not, I'm not making light of this people. <laughs> I know so much about it. I I know about feeling trapped. I know about being trapped. So it's helpful to acknowledge that you're, it's likely that you're going to feel trapped. And it's just probably as likely that you might actually be trapped, but there is, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So but, I, but you're going to have to do some things. This isn't going to just magically float away because you listen to a podcast. So the next thing that I have to, that would be wildly helpful for you is to start to address your emotions, your fears, particularly depression and anxiety are common when you're dealing with a dangerous person. You know, so like, oh, my gosh, there's so many negative emotions that rise to the surface when you have a dangerous person in your life. I mean, there's just there's just so many. I mean, fear, depression, anxiety are just the beginning. You know, there's sadness, sadness, hopelessness, anger, resentment, betrayal. It just goes on and on and on. And fear is a very powerful emotion that we as society are not typically all that skilled in dealing with. So what's going to be helpful if you, is for you to get on the journey to grow your emotional abilities. All of my podcasts will probably help you with that. I have some articles on my on newsweek.com, which you can find under the Newsweek Expert Forum tab, or you can just Google Newsweek Expert Forum, Lisa Lundy, and all of my stuff will come up on, under my profile you can overcome having a dangerous person in your life, but it's going to take effort. And what's going to be valuable is learning how to deal with fear, deal with depression, deal with anxiety, the sadness, the anger, all of it. And so this is what, what I mean when I say growth and development. It's going to be learning new things, learning new habits, discovering and exploring and i and i i know by the way how bitterly hard how bitterly bitterly hard it is if you have a dangerous person in your life i am i i know and i won't ever forget but there's hope so you're gonna have to deal with your emotions and i highly recommend you put emotional intelligence high on your list and that's uh several of my podcasts will help you with that. All right. Now, next in dealing with a dangerous person I have, uh, education is power. Let me tell you, the more you know and understand about dangerous people, the more you shift the power back to you. So dangerous people are typically about power and control. So there's a, you can find on the web, there's a power and control wheel that they often refer to in domestic abuse and domestic violence. There's even a a power and control wheel about bad attorneys. Um, The more educated you become, the more you are taking back your power. Now, what's extremely helpful if you have a dangerous person is to learn some basic psychology terms i have a whole podcast about that but terms like projection gaslighting passive aggressive behaviors and tactics scapegoating and something called double bind these are all extremely valuable when you're dealing with someone who's dangerous because these are things that they do and when you have knowledge and you have understanding That gives you power. It gives you power in several ways. But anyway, um, now, (laughs) I love to talk more about this, but um, in the Education is Power, there's something on the web you can find called the Psychopath Checklist. Now, originally, this was uh, created by uh, Robert Hare uh, from Canada. Who is a psychologist? A very interesting backstory to him. You can find on the web about how he got into this. Anyway, the psychopath checklist has been validated, validated. It's widely used, and now and then it was updated after it was introduced, and so now it's the it psychopath checklist revised. And they even have a psychopath checklist screening version. Well, I found that incredibly wildly helpful. I even wrote a note to. Robert Hare in Canada. Um, So this knowledge, I mean, I would say more about the psychopath checklist, but number one is copyright material. Number two, is just a lot more detail than we go into this podcast. But, you know, you can look up the psychopath checklist, either revised or screening version and start to get educated because that's a very valid tool and it can be helpful to you. All right, another tool I found in the educationist power topic is a book called People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck. Now, M. Scott Peck, although he's now deceased, uh, was a medical doctor, psychiatrist, and wrote um, The Road Less Traveled and several other very popular books. But the more you learn, that's power. That's you taking back your power, and, and you don't want to miss that. So what are your, some of the best weapons you can have as a defense dangerous people. Well, first of all, I've already mentioned that you're going to start to grow your emotional ability so you can deal with sadness and fear and depression and anxiety. So so that's one piece. A second piece I just mentioned is you're going to get educated. Because you really want to get out of this, you've got to get a leg up. And the leg up you get is from getting educated and understanding And then you'll recognize, oh, they're gaslighting me. Oh, that's projection. Oh, that's passive aggressive. Oh, whatever. Okay, so those are two pieces. Now, other things you can do that provide just like amazing, wonderful things is to, number one, get your own life in order. So that means you going on this amazing journey of growth and development where you're just going to work on yourself. Now, I understand you might be trapped so you can't just go do whatever but you probably have a little time here or there you could be reading certain things you could be listening to podcasts you could probably do a little bit here more than you know without like showing your hand so get your own life in order start growing yourself that's number 2 is make growth and development a way of life no kidding because let me tell you, when you really work on yourself and you really get to work to grow your ha- your skills and abilities and habits and practices, you know, dangerous people are not going to be a problem. I mean, the, that's not the right way to say it. Dangerous people are not going to like suck the life out of you. You're, it's going to be different. When you have skills and abilities and you have knowledge, trust me, it's a, it's a different game. It's a game they can't win, by the way. Number three, get on the road to happiness. Okay, first of all, dangerous people usually hate happy people, or they hate it if you're happy. So get on the road to happiness, and all my materials will help you. And I'm not kidding. This is really going to be important, because if you've got a dangerous person in your life, you have a lot of sadness and negative emotions, because that's what's usually involved. But you could still be happy. Trust me, you can if you have a really bad or really dangerous person in your life, you can be operative word is can be. All right. I already mentioned growing your emotions to be a superpower. And the next piece is to deal with any cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions are a form of irrational thinking that give you a skewed or warped view of life. They're very, very common and you can deal with them. So it's not like some, permanent, traumatic, awful, oh my God thing. If you have a cognitive distortion and I have a whole podcast on that to help you. You just have to get to work on yourself because this will help you. And while you're doing that, if you're doing all the things I suggested, you will be taking advantage of the next recommendation, which is which I call counterbalancing the negativity and the trauma. So having a dangerous person in your life can be a trauma or a traumatic event or traumatizing. And I do have some, I have a podcast about healing from trauma, you know. So it's hard for sure, it's it's scary for sure. And, you know, you have all of these feelings. So, counterbalance the negativity or trauma. How are you gonna do that? Well, one way, one point, besides everything I've already suggested, is you're going to depersonalize that person or those people. So if you have a dangerous person in your life currently, and you can't escape or leave or exit safely or right now for whatever reason, which sometimes there are very good reasons that you can't just get up and leave. Although people who don't really understand this will say, oh, you should just leave. That's really disingenuous. It shows me a real lack of understanding for what goes on when you're dealing with a dangerous person, in my opinion. So you depersonalize the person as, as much as possible. And how that goes is instead of calling them by their name or by their position, like instead of saying my spouse or my husband or their first name, or you would call them that man or that woman because you've got to do everything you can when you're dealing with a dangerous person. And one good thing, at least it's therapy approved, (laughs) is to depersonalize them. Now, if you're no longer married to them, then I got news for you. Why would you call someone who is horrible to you and dangerous? your ex-spouse or your ex-husband or your ex-wife. Wife Wife or husband are terms of endearment. Someone who's dangerous and was awful to you doesn't, in my opinion, deserve a term for endearment even if it's preceded by EX hyphen. No, no. People only get terms of endearments in my life if they've been deserving of terms of endearment. So you might call your ex-spouse or former spouse That man or that woman or thing one or thing two. You could, you know, you could have a little fun, but you want to depersonalize people who've been bad to you and people who are dangerous. At least that's therapy approved. I highly recommend it. And I will tell you, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to train your people that this is what we do. So I actually, you know, told my people, no, 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 we're not calling him that we're not calling them that this is what we call them. This is what we call him her whatever And and people will be like oh and then sometimes they'll forget and you might have to gently nicely I mean, you gotta be nice people Remind them. No, we don't call them that And I know it's therapy approved because when I got kicked out of therapy in 2018 Oh, yeah, you can hear all about that in my podcast on what is therapy anyway? Uh, the therapist was cracking up when I corrected her and said, oh, no, we don't call him that. (laughs) This is what we call (laughs) him. And when she got done laughing, I said, okay, you're laughing. Is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is is this therapy approved or not? And she said, oh, it's definitely therapy approved. And explained why, because it's depersonalizing. Someone who did something really horrible, someone who's really bad. All right, so, I mean, you could call them, like, The joker or some other term a villain name from your favorite superhero movie i mean like you could have a little fun with it but you will have to train your people and i think this is like a great thing because you've got to use every trick in the book when you're dealing with a dangerous person now The other piece of counterbalancing the negativity and the trauma is that you're going to have to take intentional actions to put happiness and good things in your life, which is very, very possible even if you've got, you know, a dangerous person and you're in danger. I mean, like, I know about that. So, I mean, I've I've got like really way too much experience in this area. So that's not going to solve your problem but you can do many different things i mean i actually joined toastmasters back in the day as a measure to counterbalance the negativity and the trauma because i love public speaking now for most of you listening to this joining toastmasters would be like a pain and a problem and very painful so that wouldn't be good for you but i loved public speaking was very skilled at it and had a for a lot of a lot of years of public speaking, so it was enjoyable and fun for me, and that provided a counterbalance for the negativity. So you're going to have to take intentional actions to do things to bring happiness and you know joy and good things into your life. And if you put enough good things, I mean, it doesn't take a lot. Like, I mean, I used to go, oh, I could just, I have a long list of things. It was long, long, long list. You know, you're going to do hobbies. You're going to like go for walks or bike or, you know, join club. You're going to have to do a lot to counterbalance the negativity and trauma. If you have a dangerous person in your life, because they're dangerous, it's horrible. All right. The other thing that will help you while you're on this way is affirmations. Affirmations, you know, if you hear somebody saying, oh, affirmations don't work and it's garbage, guess what? They probably have no understanding of neuroplasticity of the brain. Uh, and I have a whole podcast that talks about the science of neuroplasticity of the brain and the science of psychoneuroimmunology. Yes, affirmations work. They're the cheapest, easiest free way to rewire your, your brain without doing cognitive behavioral therapy or some other very involved technique. So use affirmations to help counterbalance the negativity and trauma. Now I have some overall suggestions. So I've already covered quite a few things, a lot of things to help you if you have a dangerous person in your life. So I'm just going to give you a couple other ideas, repeating only a few. All right, so number one, I do recommend you tread lightly. I mean, dangerous people are dangerous for a reason. You already know I was accused of a felony crime, which I'm not saying more about because that might be dangerous. So you don't want to wake the sleeping dragon. But you can take do lots of things in your life without revealing your hand, without tipping your hat, your hand, and letting the dangerous person know you're on to them or you got their number. Or you can let them know that but just keep living your life. Like you want to tread lightly because they are dangerous. But that doesn't mean doing nothing. You're just going to be careful about it. All right. Number two, get quiet support. Now, if you have a dangerous person, sometimes people are afraid that uh, people won't believe them. And the reality is that's a valid fear because some people won't believe you. But quietly, as you go about making your escape plan or dealing with the person or whatever you need to do, try to get support. Just do the best you can to quietly get support. And if your safety is in jeopardy or your physical safety is in question, then you know you definitely need to take prompt action and get supported. All right, number three, freeze your credit immediately. I don't care if you're married to a dangerous person, I would freeze your credit. Like I wish someone would have told me that, but I'm telling you now, I have my credit frozen and my credit will be frozen forever because if I need to make a purchase, I can unfreeze my credit. But I also happen to have an electronic stalker who would just love to wreak more havoc. But because I have my credit frozen, which is free by the way, or at least it used to be free. There's a limit that they of what they can do, even though they're like a master hacker. Master, master hacker. So freeze your credit immediately. What that does is it prevents someone from opening new credit cards or new lines of credit and, and doing identity theft. So definitely do that. Uh, number four, make sure you're safe. You know, make sure you're as safe or safe as can be, and um, people will help you with that. Maybe not the people you hoped it will help you, but people will help you. All right, use a PO box for mail and all packages to keep your physical address off the records. So. Your your person, if you've got a dangerous person, they might not be that dangerous, but um, some dangerous people should never know where you live. So you want to keep your physical address off of your driver's license, which is legal, by the way, and off of don't get mail. Because once you get mail wherever you live, that will show up on your credit report. So... Don't get mail where you live if you're in a physical stalker kind of dangerous person and use a PO box or the UPS store. So you might not need to do that, but you might need to do that. Um, you can visit your domestic abuse shelter or organization locally and, or the police as I already talked about. Um, as I already mentioned, make a commitment to personal growth and development. That is like, it's like the, um, You know, the lightsaber, you know, growth and development, you know, you're just going to slay the dragon or go after Darth Vader, but you're going to have a lightsaber and that's growth and development. It's really critical. All right. Next, if you can, and I know you can get a team together because you'll be way more successful. You don't have to tell them you have a dangerous person. You can, if they're on your inner circle. But listen, lots of people would love to go on a growth and development journey because lots of people need to be happy or happier. So get a team together, make the journey fun, name your team, you know, the Odyssey of Love, the you know, the Love Boat, the happiness ship, whatever. Or it could be, you know, from your favorite movie or your favorite character. Just create a journey, get a team, at least one buddy minimum, and make this like, An amazing adventure. Why not? It's going to help you counterbalance the negativity. And by the way, you know, I recommend you have celebrations and parties and mark your milestones. You definitely want to have a reward system. I talk about that all the time. In fact, my my Revenues Week article about having a reward system. And you're going to make, you know, growing your emotions and your emotional abilities a primary goal. When, what we know from the research is when you set goals and then start taking actions towards your goals, it will help you be happier. Now, if you happen to need therapy, go get it. Don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed, don't be like all upset about it. Just go do it and do it with an open mind and be honest and be truthful. So definitely you want to counterbalance the negativity with intentional actions i have so much more to say to this but i try to keep my podcast to under an hour um there is something called flipping the switch on your emotions which was one of my earlier newsweek articles um and i also have a youtube video and um i've talked about it on my website but you know flipping the switch on your emotions you're going to take intentional actions the minute you recognize you're unhappy upset depressed sad Fearful, whatever, and when you do that, you're actually training your brain for happiness. You're creating new neuronal pathways in your brain. So there's a lot of things you can do if you have a dangerous person in your life. First of all, don't beat yourself up. I covered how common it is, right? It's extremely common, and and it's and it's not it's not it's not a good thing. And of course, the worst thing is some people get away with it forever. Like Bernie Madoff is a perfect example, you know. Ugh, you know. I don't know how many people committed suicide because they lost their life savings, but it was more than one. And other people were just devastated by the financial results, and that and that's you know, like he's just like one among many. So you can. Have a great life. So here's your ta- here's your takeaways. It's time to recognize that there are just a, plenty of dangerous people in the world. They walk and work among us. Sorry to tell you. Number two, your takeaway is it's time to get a plan together and time to start taking actions to have your plan become a reality because you can get away from dangerous people. You can have an amazing life, even if you've had a dangerous person, or present tense, you have a dangerous person. And the last takeaway is time to grab some people and make this an amazing journey. So that's your takeaway. It's also your call to action, like get in action, people, take people with you and make it fun. Because that's what will counterbalance the negativity and the trauma. All right, well, that's it for now. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my love life podcast episode number 67 dangerous people I hope that you're going to get on the road to personal growth and development which is the access to all the good stuff because that will definitely help you if you're dealing with anybody who's dangerous if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And definitely, I hope you're going to w- visit my website to enter to win whatever I'm giving away at the current time. Please hang in there. Uh, that's all for now. Take care. Bye bye.